Kenya, uh, India, uh, Jamaica, uh, the places that I want. Amen. Praise God. We're saying hello to you. We welcome you and we praise you and we thank you for yourself. Praise the Lamb of God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be with you today. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Let me tell you something. You're the head and not the tail. Amen. You are above only. You are more than a conqueror. You know what I tell you? Begin to walk in it in the power of His might because He is the one that has called you victorious. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you today. I want to praise you and magnify your name and thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of your people. And I thank you, Lord, for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. I'll give you all the praise and all the glory. Your people will give you all the praise and all the glory. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. We have been studying the concept of faith through the unction of the Holy Ghost as we have been realizing truths that are helping us to become more effective and more efficient in the faith that has been given to you and I. We have literally heard truths that have transformed us and renewed our minds that have brought us to revealed knowledge. How important is that? Revealed knowledge, because when knowledge becomes revealed, it becomes lifestyle in you if you desire it, grasp onto it, and make it part of your life. In the past weeks, I've brought to you this concept that you've got to come to the end of yourself so that you can begin to come to the beginning of God. And multitudes of people are going to say, what does that mean? Coming to the end of yourself. I'm a born-again child of God. I'm baptized in the, in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. What does it mean to come to the end of myself? That means that you stop trying and you stop doing. You know where burnout comes from? Multitudes of people are burned out. You know where it comes from? Trying to do spiritual things through the flesh. Amen. That's where burnout takes place. Trying to do spiritual things through the flesh. When you find and when you come to the beginning of God, when you come to the end of yourself and you come to the beginning of God, let me tell you what you find. You find the power of God. You find the power of God. You begin to understand that the words that you speak are power and authority. You know, everything that's in the Bible, I have taken it on a personal level. God is speaking to me. I know multitudes of people read the Bible over and over and over, but this is His Word He's given to me, and I take it personally. When He says that the words that you speak our power and authority, I take it literally. He's speaking to me. He's not talking to you, Cheryl. He's not talking to you, Mike. He's not talking to you, Leonard, Gary. He's talking to me. Is he talking to you? Yes, he is. But I've taken it personal. Yes. When he tells me I am healed, 
I take it personal. When he tells me I am prosperous, I take it personal. He says in 1 John, he says, I wish above all things, beloved, special, special one, my child, that you would be in good health and prosperity. I take it personal. He's speaking to me. Amen. And if there's a reason that I'm not healed, it's not that it's God's fault, it's my fault. Yes. I'm the problem. Hallelujah. So I take it personal. You come into the power of God and all of a sudden you begin to understand that you are powerful because of who lives inside of you. You come into the place of grace. You come into the place of love. And you find out that God loved you not because you're lovable. He loved you because he's love. That's why I love you. I heard a preacher say it the other day, I love him because he first loved me. Well, good for you. Wow, that's good of you. Even the heathen do that. Hello? Yeah. Don't you love your children? Don't you love your wife? And now, you know what, honey? I love you because you love me. Wow. Good. How about loving them if they don't love you? That's God. Amen. You love them even if they do love you or they don't love you. Because when you experience love, you can begin to walk in love. But you got to experience it first. Why? Because you can't give out something that you don't know about. And we all talk about love. And there's four different kinds of love. Eros, Philio, Stoke. And agape, we're talking about agape. And then you find faith. When you come to the end of yourself, you find the beginning of God. Power, grace, love, faith. When you come into the revelation of faith, the faith that has been given to you, if you begin to grasp the hold of it as seeds being thrown to you, then all of a sudden you begin to want and desire faith to be revealed to you because it's living inside of you. Romans tells you not to think of yourself, but to think of yourself soberly because every man has been given the measure of faith. When you begin to understand faith, all of a sudden it begins to work in you and through you because of what's been given to you. And what is it that pleases Him? Faith. faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Let me stop right there. The fruit of the Spirit, in that fruit, is faith. And then being baptized in the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in time, then there's supernatural faith. But there's also a human faith. When you walked into this place this morning, I watched every single one of you. 
You sat down without ever thinking about anything. You sat down right in that chair where you're at. Why? Because you had human faith to believe that it would hold you up. Yeah. You didn't even look at it. You just believed that it would be so. So there's three kinds of faith. Human faith, the fruit of the Spirit, which is faith, and then there's supernatural faith. And it's those two, the fruit of the Spirit and supernatural faith that pleases God. Now watch it. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. When I operate in faith, it pleases God. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Noah. By faith, you and I. By faith, that is what pleases God. Amen. Nothing else. Faith pleases Him. Praise the Lamb of God. So what is faith? Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith, right now faith, because that's what faith is. If, if you've got faith, you're a born-again child of God, you've got faith, you should be exercising it right now, because that's what it is. And it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's inside of you, but in order to grasp a hold of it, you've got to go to another realm where everything was created in that other realm and it fell into the physical. Praise the love of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now watch this. As long as you try to get things accomplished, through your flesh. As long as you try to get things accomplished in your own strength by doing things in your own strength, out of your own understanding, out of your own intellect, God is not really free to operate within you. I'm going to throw out one of these six laws of faith. Faith cannot work in an unrepentive heart. What does the Word of God say? It says that if you have ought against anyone, for you to forgive them, because it's impossible for God to forgive you if you don't forgive them. It's true. You can actually put number six on that law. Number six what? Sixth law of faith. That's the last one. If you have ought and you have, and you're not forgiving somebody, 
care how long it's been. If way down deep inside of you, there is an ought, faith can't work in that mess. God can't work in that mess. Oh, this is so good. It is so good. God can't work, faith can't work in an unrepentive heart. Glory to the Lamb of God. I was praying the other day. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I need to ask something. Am I good soul? Am I good soil? S-O-I-L. Because the Word of God says that the sower went out and he sowed. And then he came to the end of the parable and he says... And some fell on good ground. Because it's only in good ground where that which is spiritual grows. Only in good ground does the spiritual grow. Lord, am I good ground? Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute, Pastor. Uh, what do you mean good ground? Do I have anything in this ground, amen, that is unrepentant? Do I have any, any odd against anybody in this good ground? Is that why weeds are jumping up in this good ground? Is that why a lot of the things that should be prospering up, prosperity and all of those things, is it because the weeds are choking it out? I'll take a good amen. Amen. Wow. As long as there's stuff in your good ground, faith has a hard time working. Does it want to work? Absolutely. It doesn't give up on you and just says, oh, I'm, I'm out of here. It doesn't say that because it wants to work inside that good ground. But there's weeds there that hinder it from growing. Okay. You see, that happened to Jesus in his own town. It was there wasn't weeds in his life, but there were weeds in other people's life that stopped him from being able to walk in the power that he was given. Weeds. We were talking about that yesterday at the table at our meeting. Weeds. All in creation. The fall brought them forward. Hallelujah. God is not really able to work in that kind of an atmosphere. Does he love you? Absolutely. Are you going to heaven? Absolutely. But what it does is that it stops the growth. Have you ever, you know, I've been driving down the road and, uh, and one of the things that I love about Illinois and Iowa is that the planting time and the harvest time. And, then, and I was on the way to uh, our meeting yesterday and I noticed that the, the, the corn is up about three inches. Amen. And it's covering the ground. This looks really wonderful. And then when it gets to the harvest time, and then I've noticed that there was some corn, and then it was stunning. They didn't have the, the six foot tall. It was stunning. 
Why was that? Because it wasn't getting what the good stocks have. Take that spiritually if you like. Hallelujah. Beloved, I wish above all things. Who's speaking? God. God is speaking through John. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health. I wish it for you. I want it for you. Why isn't it happening? There's a reason that it's not happening. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Everybody getting something out of this? Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to conform the wise, to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. There's a law of faith in there. You may not know where it's at, but there's a law of faith in there. Are you going to tell us? No. But it's in there. Hallelujah. Why does God use things that are foolish? Why does He use things that are weak? Why does he use based and despised things? I notice you're all looking at the scripture because you want to find that law of faith, aren't you? <laughs> Why does God use the things that are not to completely nullify and cancel out the things that are? There's your law of faith right there. One of the laws. Speaking things that are not as though they were. Glory to God. You know, I, I, I couldn't keep you in suspense. I, 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 I couldn't keep you there because it's too, it, it's too good for you not to know. And I've given you how many so far? Two. Three. Two. Two. Three. Exactly right. Three. Hallelujah. So Paul is trying to convey something here that very few Christians understand. You know what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 is like? 1 Corinthians 1 26 is like an employer. Who's looking for an employee. And the employer says, I'm looking for someone who's not wise. I'm looking for someone who's not wise in the flesh. I'm looking for someone who is foolish. I'm looking for someone who is weak in the things of the world. I don't want 
somebody who is mighty, and I don't want somebody who is noble. I don't want someone with a bunch of achievements and a bunch of doctorates and a, and, and a bunch of, of acumen. I don't want that. I'm looking for somebody who's weak and foolish. That's who I'm looking for. And the qualifications that Paul was looking for, because that's who wrote them. It's the same thing that God is looking for. Same thing. Paul is saying, if you're foolish, if you're weak, if you're basic, come on in because I've got a job for you. And that's exactly what the Father is saying too. Now you want to know what coming to the end of yourself is all about? That's it. Coming to the end of yourself where you stop looking for all of your documents and all of your, your things that make you look good and, and all of the, the, the accolades when somebody looks at you. Coming to the end of yourself is when you understand that you can do absolutely nothing without Him. Yeah. You see, when we're going to hire somebody, I'll take you for example, Brother Mark. When you're looking for somebody who you want to help, with the exception of me, you're looking for another sign guy. You're looking for somebody who knows how to ring him up, put him up, make him look good, make people come. That's what you look for. You don't want an apprentice. You already tried that. And you said it don't work. You're looking for somebody who knows their stuff. Somebody that can come together with you and make money. People who understand the sign business. And here's what the Lord says. I'm not looking for anybody noble. I'm not looking for anybody that's mighty. I'm not looking for somebody that's a great preacher. I'm not looking for somebody that has all of these things. I'm looking for somebody that's foolish. I don't know whether you've noticed this, that the people that God uses are not the hottest fries in the box. Hello? God says, are you weak? Are you base? Are you despised? Come on in, because I've got a job for you. And when I read this scripture many, many years ago, I was blessed. Because all of a sudden, I knew that because he called me, I was qualified. Praise the Lamb of God. Why does God use that which is weak and foolish? Why does He do that? Because it makes no sense until you get into the Word of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 129. 
that no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh would glory in his presence. What a powerful word. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I want to give you revelation here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. <clears throat> Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The cross was not the solution. The cross was not the solution. Despising the shame. The cross was not the answer. The cross was the curse. That was the problem. The cross. Despising the shame. Jesus went to that. But it wasn't the solution. The solution was him rising up out of that tomb for the glory of God. Rising up out of that curse. Rising up for the glory of God. It was the resurrection that was the answer. Life to you and I. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. And I'll give you the word of God to show what I just told you is true. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Are you beginning to understand why God chose that for his son? And someone's going to rise up because if you're thinking, you're saying, Now wait a minute, wait a minute. There was no sin on him. Amen? Why did he choose that human body? I'll tell you why. Because it's going to take a human body to bring us back to the very place of creation that Adam and Eve were. Yes. It had to be that body. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. So what do we as Christians do? We go by a cross and hang it around our neck. Yep. And our arms. We go hang the curse around our neck. <laughs> Does that mean you're cursed? No. It just means you don't know the Word of God. Hallelujah. I don't have an issue with you wearing a cross. But if you want to show the reality, and if you want to show the power, go buy a tomb. Go buy a tomb and put that around your neck. At least you'll be dealing in the truth. I know. Television's all over the world. Click, 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 click. Hallelujah. 
glory to the Lamb of God. And this is the point that I've been making for the last couple of weeks. You've got to come to the end of yourself before you're ever going to come to the beginning of God. Where you grasp the power and authority. Because every time you grasp a hold of something revealed, it changes you. 20 years I've been walking in this to change lifestyle every single day because of those revelations. And the reason is because that no flesh for glory in this presence. That's why he uses the foolish things, the base things. You see, you on your best day are not adequate to be used by God. It's true. You on your best day are not adequate to be used of God. When God calls you to do something, He always calls you to do it beyond your ability. I remember when God told me to write a book. And I said, Lord, do you understand what you're saying? Do you comprehend what you're saying? My favorite word is eight. I run all my paragraphs together. Amen. If it wasn't for gratifying or whatever it is, I'd be a mess. Hallelujah. When I was when I was young, I hated English. And then he says, write a book. That's beyond me. Well, guess what? The book got wrote. In the midst of the struggle. And I'll tell you what the book did. It brought me to the end of myself, understanding that. This is out of your realm. <coughs> out of your realm. Glory to the Lamb of God. But in the writing of that book, I begin to understand a lot of things about book writing. Hello? Hallelujah. Coming to the end of yourself. The things that we're doing, the water filtration in Liberia, the feeding in Kenya, the orphanages in Nairobi, beyond ourselves of just a heart for God, just to do the things of God. When God calls you to do something, it is always beyond your talents and beyond your flesh. Why? So that no flesh shall blow it in his presence. Hallelujah. Powerful word. I will say something. You got talents? You got things that you're really good at? 
They're a stumbling block to you when it comes to the things of God. They're a stumbling block to you. I want to say something to you that I hope you understand. The body of Jesus was a stumbling block to him. The body of Jesus was a stumbling block to him. He was confined to a body and it was a stumbling block. Glory to God. And when you're, when you're asking God to do something, get this, when you're asking God to do something more with what He's already given you, and your prayers are, Lord, we need this and we need that, your prayer then becomes a stumbling block. Instead of just coming to the end of yourself and saying, Lord, this is beyond me. I need you to move in the realm of who you are. Yes. You see, this is different than anything we've ever thought about in our culture. We've not been raised up like this. We've not been brought to this reality. Our culture is all about achievements. Our culture is all about careers. Our culture is about hanging all of these things on the wall for everybody to see what you've done. That's what our culture is about. Being the best that we can be. And it all started a long, 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 long time ago. But the person that comes into my mind is Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest fighter in the world. Well, let me tell you something about Muhammad Ali. He was just full of himself. What about America? Greatest Navy, greatest army in the world, full of yourself. America, full of yourself. Because God shows it. God can't use it. God can't use America. Because America is so full of themselves. Now that's not going to make anybody happy on Memorial Day, but that's the facts. America is full of itself. Because God doesn't choose those things. He chooses the things that are base and weak and foolish. America never does that. America makes fun of that. That's true. Our society makes fun of that. That's not what God uses. You see, if God was to look down on America, He wouldn't say they're more than conquerors. They're more than conquerors. What God would say is they're full of themselves and they have not come to the end of themselves. But you hear me. We came to the end of ourselves on September 11th, 11 years ago. And we'll come to the end of ourselves again when we realize that we can't do it. Oh, and by the way, that's something that Israel is going to have to contend with as well. 
that they've got to come to the end of themselves because there is a mighty God. I'm preaching good to you. True. Coming to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of God. When you come to the beginning of God, what do you come to? Power, grace, love, faith. And you begin to walk in the revelations that He's ordained in. Full of themselves. Glory to the Lamb of God. And I want you to understand something. I voted for President Trump. I think he was a great president, but he's full of himself. Full of himself. Because these are not the things that God chooses. And to all my Christian friends out there who are saying that this is the will of God, God does not choose that. God is looking to choose someone who is based and foolish so that God can use him to the fullness so that no flesh shall glory in his presence. Glory to the Lamb of God. What does America become? Self-sufficient, self-confident, self-assured, self-poised. Let me use the word arrogant. God doesn't want any of that. You that are watching me from all over the world, if you are right here, you could hear a pin drop on the carpet. Let's read it again, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many mobile, are called. There you go. If you don't go any further than that, if you don't go no further than that, not many are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things. You know what? <laughs> this is not a message to fill this room. I'll say it again. This is not a message to fill this room. We need to understand something about God. His word proclaims to us what he wants. And you know what we're dealing with here in this room? We're dealing with a room full of self-confident men and women. I'll take a good amen. amen. We know who we are. We know what we want to do. We know how we stand. We know those things. And yet, God isn't asking for any of those things.
Glory to God. It's an eye-opener coming to the end of yourself. And when you come to the end of yourself, watch this. Then God brings success. Why? So that no flesh can glory in His presence. Wow. You see, God's not looking for a silver vessel or a golden vessel. He's looking for a surrendered vessel. That's what He's looking for. One of the biggest hindrances and stumbling blocks to people is not understanding what God is looking for. Not understanding what God is looking for. Hallelujah. Look at John chapter 5, verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. If you've got a red letter edition, you'll see that this is Him speaking. <clears throat> I am the vine. You're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That word abide, what do you think that means? It means what? Remember when Jesus says, I and my Father are one? And my desires for those that you have given me shall be one as we are one. That's abiding. And when you abide, you become one. In other words, you can't tell where the vine stops and the branches begin. And in contrast to that, look now at Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Because when you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of God, and look what happens. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Wow. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. And as they speak unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they met, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was even time. In other words, they put them in prison. How that many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Cephas, and John, and Alexander, and many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, 
If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what, mean, by, by what means he is made whole? But it knows unto all you all and unto the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there any salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. Notes. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that had been with Jesus. Who's doing the speaking here? I preach. Who's doing the speaking? What apostle is doing the speaking? Peter. Peter has now come to the end of himself. But for three and a half years, he had never come to that end. He came to the end of himself when he is sitting at the fires of the enemy and cursing Christ. Now look at him. And people look at him and they say, unlearned, ignorant. But they come to the conclusion they've been with Jesus. <laughs> they've been with Jesus. No man is getting the glory in this situation. I'll say it again. God doesn't use the sharpest knives in the drawer or the hottest rods in the box. He uses those that are surrendered. He uses those that he can use to bring forth his glory. When you come to yourself, you come to the beginning of God. And in the beginning of God, you're transformed and renewed It's him that gets the glory. Amen. For all the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so wonderful. God is so What an encouraging word. Yep. Because I've said this over and over and over again, that if God can use me, He can use anyone. He can use anyone.
To all of you that are watching all over the world, I want to say, God bless you. I want you to understand that I love you. If you have something to pray about, if you got a, a request that you would like to pray, give me a call, 309-292-3457. Talking to you that are in the United States, amen? And even to you that are all over the world. I mean, uh, there's many people all over the world that have my phone number. If you need someone to agree with you, amen, give me a call and I'll stand with you, praise the Lamb of God, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tell everybody what's going on. Tell everybody what Jesus Christ is. And remember this. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Go with God. D.K. Groves, rock solid truth. Go with God. And he shall surely, surely, surely go with you. Amen. Amen. See you next time.